Worldwide, cardiovascular disease affects the lives of hundreds of millions. Dedicated cardio nerds everywhere are working hard to fight this global epidemic. These are their stories. My dear cardio nerds, this is Amit Goyal. Join us on a new adventure as we journey through the maze of clinical practice guidelines. In this new series, Decipher the Guidelines, we will take a deep dive into the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines, focusing on similarities and differences from the American guidelines. This is a multidisciplinary collaboration between the CardioNerds, the ACC Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease Section, the National Lipid Association, and the Preventive Cardiovascular Nurse Association, developed with the mentorship from Dr. Eugene Yang. Friends, CardioNerds is a fellow-founded, independent educational platform. The views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of our employers. Do be a nerd and spread the word on social media, and help others find us by reading and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast app. And hey, hope you're enjoying the intro music, custom mixed for CardioNerds by student Dr. Hirsch Elhens, aka DJ Elhens, medical student at USC and CardioNerds Academy intern of House Thomas. All right, it's time to get nerdy. CardioNerds, welcome to a brand new format designed to decipher the guidelines using high-impact, board-style, clinical vignette-based questions to highlight core concepts relevant to your practice. We will do so by releasing several short, bite-sized pods with one question per episode. This particular series is built to decipher the 2021 ESC prevention guidelines with perspectives from this side of the pond. This multidisciplinary collaboration involves the ACC Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease Section, the National Lipid Association, and the Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease Nurses Association, the PCNA. Its creation reflects the passions and energy of 31 individuals spanning medical students through to lead content experts from various backgrounds, including physicians, pharmacists, and nurse practitioners. Before we dive right into the inaugural Cardinals Decipher the Guidelines episode, we are honored to introduce our dear mentor of ours who helped us make this a reality, Dr. Eugene Yang. Dr. Yang is professor of medicine at the University of Washington, where he is the medical director of the East Side Specialty Center and co-director of the Cardiovascular Wellness and Prevention Program. Dr. Yang is a former governor of the ACC Washington chapter and current chair of the ACC Prevention CVD section. Importantly, Dr. Yang is the lead project mentor for this entire CardioNerds Decipher the Guidelines series centered around the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines. Dr. Yang, Welcome to CardioNerds. We are so grateful for your mentorship and all the time that you've invested into making this a reality. So Dan and Amit, I want to thank you both for organizing this session and for that great introduction. I'm really excited to partner with you guys as well as with PCNA and NLA to create this series. I think these series of podcasts that review the European Prevention Guidelines will really be useful for house staff, including fellows, residents, and medical students who are interested in prevention. Thank you. Of course, Dr. Yang, and we completely agree. So with that, let's dive right in. The following question refers to sections 3.2 and 3.3 of the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines. The question is asked by student Dr. Hirsch Elhans, answered first by Ohio State University Cardiology Fellow, Dr. Ali Bajay, and then by expert faculty, Dr. Eugene Yang. Thanks, Dan. So, Ali, I was hoping you could help me with the patient. A 48-year-old Pakistani woman with rheumatoid arthritis comes to your clinic asking how she can reduce her risk of ASCVD. 
Her mother died of an MI at age 45. Her father is healthy at age 79. Her calculated 10-year risk based on score 2 is 3%. Her systolic blood pressure is 120 and her LDL is 120. What's the next best step? Option A is order an echocardiogram. Option B, schedule a follow-up appointment in one year. Option C, discuss initiating a statin. And option D, repeat lipid panel in three to five years. What do you think, Allie? That's an excellent question, Hirsch. And to answer this, let's touch on a little bit of background. So the absolute benefit derived from risk factor modification depends on the absolute risk of CVD and the absolute improvements in each risk factor category. Risk factor treatment recommendations are based on categories of CVD risk, aka low to moderate, high, and very high. The cutoff risk levels for these categories are numerically different for various age groups to avoid undertreatment in the young and to avoid overtreatment in the elderly. As age is a major driver of CBD risk, but the lifelong risk factor treatment benefits is higher in younger people, the risk thresholds for considering treatment are lower for younger people as per ESC guidelines. Treatment decisions should be made with shared decision-making valuing patient preference. So let's start with option A, order an echo. So option A is incorrect. There's a lack of convincing evidence that echocardiography improves CVD risk reclassification, and it is not recommended to improve CV risk prediction, and that's a class 3B recommendation. Option B, schedule a follow-up appointment in one year, is incorrect. Simply doing nothing is not appropriate for this patient with an elevated CVD risk. Option C, discuss initiating a statin. Option C is correct. The patient has seemingly low 10-year CVD risk based on a score 2 of 3% and her systolic blood pressure is controlled. However, given her age, she is considered as having high CVD risk. Therefore, treatment should be considered. A stepwise approach involves targeting LDL less than 100, a recommendation class 2A, so initiating a statin would be appropriate. This patient also carries several risk-enhancing modifiers, including Pakistani ethnicity and a family history of premature CVD. All patients should be counseled on smoking cessation, lifestyle modifications, and a target systolic blood pressure less than 160. Option D, repeat lipid panel in three to five years, is incorrect. Repeating a lipid panel without risk factor modification will not change treatment recommendations for this patient with an elevated CVD risk. So in summary, some main takeaway points. When a patient less than 50 years old without established CVD has an estimated 10-year risk of 2.5 to below 7.5%, they are considered high CVD risk and risk factor treatment should be considered. Risk modifiers should also be taken into consideration. Of note, the ACCHA guidelines recommend the ASCVD risk calculator to estimate 10-year risk and do not restructure CVD risk groups according to age groups. High risk in the ACCHA guidelines is considered to be greater than 20%. Dr. Yang, I would love to hear your thoughts on this and any expert suggestions you have. Thanks, Allie and Hirsch, for that great question. So I think there are a lot of things that we could unpack in this question, but let's maybe focus on a few things. So I think, first of all, the European guideline uses better risk stratification based on age, whereas in our guideline, really the primary target for risk factor modification and optimization centers around people between the ages of 40 to 75. So that leaves a lot of gaps. And perhaps 
some challenges in the nuances of more precision based on age and risk estimation. So in a lot of ways, I think it is useful to have more age discrimination to provide a sense of low, intermediate, high, or very high risk that the Europeans do that we don't really do in the U.S. I think that's one of the advantages of the European recommendations. With respect to things that are also important with this patient are the patient's ethnic origin. So we have a Pakistani woman. That's one issue. Two, we have a woman who has a family history, premature heart disease, with her mother having a history of an MI at 45. And then we also have the fact that she has a systemic rheumatologic condition with rheumatoid arthritis. So when we look at the U.S. as well as the European guidelines, there are definitely some risk enhancers or risk modifiers that are taken into consideration when we evaluate risk. So both guidelines would certainly look at inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis as a potential risk enhancer or clinical condition to use for risk stratification. The patient's country of origin. So in the U.S. pooled cohort equation, there is recognition that there is no specific risk calculator for Asians and do recognize that as a risk enhancer, being of South Asian descent should be considered when thinking about how to estimate the patient's risk and decide on the aggressiveness of treatment or intervention. So in many ways, I think the guidelines have some similarities with respect to the risk enhancers or clinical conditions, but diverge from the standpoint of looking at more nuanced risk estimation, as you pointed out. I think the other thing that is unique to the European guideline is this patient's Pakistani origin. So in the European guidelines, they do talk about this, and even the U.S. guideline does as well, that your country of origin or immigration, you could use a risk multiplier. So for example, people who are Pakistani, you would use a risk multiplier of 1.7 based on their risk score, which would increase this patient's risk from let's say 3% to 5.1%. So again, some of the nuances to the guidelines to provide better risk estimation. Thanks so much, Ali and Dr. Yang. That was a really helpful discussion and helped me understand the EFC guidelines a lot more. 